Hello, Hope Church family, and I am so excited to be back in Matthew chapter 3 with you again this evening, or whenever you're watching or listening to this. For me, it's evening. Uh, we are taking our time going through Matthew chapter 3 because of there being so many important elements to this chapter. Uh, we've said it every week, this is a very pivotal chapter. We've seen Jesus uh, born, we've seen all the events surrounding that, or most of the events surrounding that. We've seen him now grow up, but now we are coming into Jesus the adult. This is the pivotal chapter that moves into Jesus' public ministry. So we're taking our time because there's also some really important pieces that are first mentioned in this chapter as opposed to um, that set up the, the rest of the book. So last week we talked about the Pharisees and Sadducees. We're going to see them throughout the rest of the book of Matthew, or we see them throughout all of the Gospels as these very intricate pieces that play into really the rest of the New Testament. Uh, we're, now, we're going to be focusing on baptism this evening, and we talked about this, and I promised you we would do this, and we've always mentioned it in passing in the past at Hope Church, or maybe you're new uh, to Hope Church, and you haven't really heard us talk that much about it. So we wanted to take a week just to talk about baptism. Now, what John the Baptist was doing, what John the Baptist was baptizing them, has a lot of tie-ins to what we now do uh, in the church age going back to the book of Acts. And so what we see in Acts kind of sets up through the rest of the New Testament to where we are today. And we are very fully aware that there are many different views on baptism. Uh, that there are many different thoughts, there are many different traditions about baptism. And so what I hope to do this evening is to look at it from a very biblical perspective, kind of the, the tie through the entire scriptures, if you will, of how we see baptism play out. And the word baptizo, which is the Greek word for baptism, we see that and its noun form used almost a hundred times in the New Testament. So it is very important, but it also means to be immersed. And so not all the times that we see the word baptize as we're reading through, does it mean the specific type of baptism we're talking tonight? Sometimes it's uh, an immersion into the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it's an immersion into fire as in judgment. So we have to be really careful that we don't lump the type of baptism that we're going to be talking about this evening into a bigger form of baptism as there are different, uh, different forms. And baptism historically has always been very involved in different thoughts and different traditions and even different ways of worshiping false gods. And so historically there is way more than by just focusing on the biblical, um, the theological view of baptism. And I want you to know we have put a lot of study into this. We've talked to a lot of different people and consulted many things because we want to really do a fine-tuned biblical view of baptism and how we do baptism uh, here at Hope Church and also why we find it so important. Now, I want to be right up front. Baptism is not how you know Christ. It is not part of the salvation process. Salvation process was accomplished by Christ by his work on the cross and by raising again from the dead. He has done it all. This is really a way of just publicly showing that we are a believer in Christ. And that's what we're going to take most of the time uh, this evening talking about. 
But getting back to John the Baptist, I want you to think back to what we've seen from John the Baptist at the beginning of chapter 3 and how he baptizes. Uh, he is baptizing people that are coming out to him in the wilderness and they are confessing their sins. Uh, in Matthew chapter 3, if you also go to Luke chapter 3, there's more of a detailed account of the different people, the tax collectors, the soldiers, the different people that are coming out and confessing their sins to him. Uh, he is then telling them how to live in repentance. And he is having them, through baptism, really making a commitment that they are going to get rid of the things that are blocking them from getting to the Messiah when the Messiah comes. And he's saying the Messiah is coming, the kingdom of God is at hand. So repent, confess your sins and repent. Turn from the way that you thought, which in turn changes the way that you act and making this commitment. And then we see him from last week with the Pharisees and Sadducees saying to bear fruit in living with repentance. So taking these elements of John the Baptist, going into Acts and seeing where we see people coming to faith and being baptized through the books that we're going to be a kind of going through this evening, I hope to help better help you understand baptism. Um, baptism was also done as a way of cleaning or purification. And so what we now know as baptism combines the two, except now we know what Christ has done for us. What John the Baptist was doing was an outward showing of being cleansed and making this commitment, what you now believe, how you're going to live. But Christ hadn't died for their sins yet. Uh, Christ hadn't risen from the dead yet. So it was still going along with the law, the Mosaic law. Um, and again, this is what we see. This form of baptism we're going to talk about is what we see through the book of Acts after Jesus leaves the disciples, saying that they should go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So baptism explained in its simplest form uh, would be baptism represents being identified with the person and work of Jesus Christ. Baptism represents being identified with the person and work of Jesus Christ. So although we're in Matthew chapter 3, I'm going to ask you to turn to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2 to help paint the picture of what Paul is writing on what baptism is. So Colossians chapter 2, and we're going to start in verse 6. And Paul writes, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one, takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. In him you are also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self, ruled by the flesh, was put off when you were circumcised by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ." 
He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. I hope you are amening through that whole passage. And if you need to pause and read back through that passage, I would encourage you to do so. It is a powerful passage with so much more than we could possibly get into this evening, but I want to look at its tie-ins with baptism because you probably heard a couple things mentioned or that sounded familiar, including the word baptism. And Paul talks about these in a lot of his epistles. We're mainly going to be in Colossians um, this evening, but this passage brings us to the first point, this process of being identified with Jesus and his works. Point number one, receive Christ Jesus as Lord. Receive Christ Jesus as Lord. If you go back to verse six, it says, so then just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. The first step of being identified with Jesus and his works is receiving Christ Jesus as Lord. This is what we talk about when you enter into that relationship with God through Christ Jesus. It is because of what Jesus has done, because he came and defeated sin, because he came and defeated death, we can now have that relationship with God when we receive him as Lord. That starts with admitting your sins, or as we go back to John the Baptist, that confession of sins, confessing that you know that you have sinned. You know that you have done wrong in your life. The second part of that is repentance. Look at verse 7 and 8. Rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. That's something that we can lose track of. Thankfulness should be overflowing out of our lives as a way of demonstrating that we are now a different person. Uh, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. This is all part of that repentant program. Last week we talked about Galatians chapter 5 and how we demonstrate repentance through our fruits. And we see some of those elements here. Uh, We are rooted. In other words, our, our strength, the thing that holds us upright like a tree, is rooted in Christ. If we are allowing our roots to be in anything else or finding our identity or finding the things that try to hold us up in anything else apart from Christ, we are not rooted in him. And as we find our roots in him, we are strengthened in the faith as we are being taught and we are overflowing with thankfulness. And he says right away, don't see to it that your minds are taken captive by these earthly ideas. See to it that you know God's word, that you are constantly being uh, enriched, that you are learning and being educated and applying it to your lives so that people cannot overtake you with earthly thoughts, these empty or, or hollow traditions that people try to conquer you through and sway your mind. Uh, Repentance is changing the way you think, which changes in a way you live. If you're heading in one direction, living for the world, living for you, all of those things, when you come to Christ, you change. You do a 180 degree turn and it starts in your mind knowing that your mind will change how you live. It changes your action. And I love this because now we are told in uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, a verse we say all the time, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, 
the new is here. And I love the one translation that says, behold, the new is here. This is new. The old is gone. We leave away the old things and we walk towards what is new, that new creation. Only God is the creator. Only God can build a new creation, which God has done because of what Jesus accomplished on the cross. So again, point number one, receive Christ Jesus as Lord. Number two, live as a new creation. Live as a new creation. Again, baptism is not a step of salvation. It is symbolism of being identified with Christ and his death and resurrection, as well as a symbol of unity with other believers around the world. I want you to go back to verse 12. Having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead, him being Jesus. Uh, this is the symbolism and the unity we demonstrate when we are baptized. Uh, buried with him, our sins, our former self, the way we used to live is that, that symbolism of it now it has gone. It is buried in the grave. Just as Christ took our sins to the grave with him when he died on the cross, took our sins on his shoulders, took them to the grave, but he left them there. We no longer have to pay the price for our sins because of what Jesus did. So we, in that symbolism of baptism, as you go under the water, as a person being baptized goes under the water, they are leaving their old self there. Their sins are gone. They are identifying with what Jesus Christ has done. Uh, the way that they lived has been washed off. As we talked about, baptism also is this form of making clean, of washing off. Their old self is in the grave. Their old self has been washed off. And as they rise up out of the grave, they are now demonstrating this new life. As Jesus Christ resurrected out of the grave, defeating death, so we in Christ have victory over Death. I love Paul when he writes in Corinthians and says, Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? When you know Christ, you have no fear of death. We have defeated death. We have left it behind. We have risen up as Christ has defeating death. We are raised again with him to new life. Uh, Romans chapter 6 verses 4, starting in verse 4, he says, We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. There's that new creation idea again. Verse 5, For if we have been united with him in death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Hallelujah. Amen. Say everything that you can think of there. What Christ has accomplished has defeated sin and death. When we are baptized, we are obeying this command to be baptized in him. And it shows, as it says, this, this unifying work of demonstrating publicly 
That's why I love doing baptisms on the beach. I hope our next baptism is on the beach. Unless, of course, it's next week, then we don't really have a choice. But I love doing baptisms on the beach. Or we're doing baptisms outside and telling people, invite people to come see. Because you are making a statement. You are making a statement that now you are unified with Christ. That it is no longer you living for yourself, but it is you living for God. And it also brings with it this high mark of accountability of you publicly doing this in front of people that you know. Uh, We use uh, Facebook Live or we've used different ways of broadcasting to the world. Hey, this person is identifying themselves with Christ. That they are identifying with the work that Christ has done for them. And now they are making this commitment through baptism that they are going to live differently. The old has been washed away. Behold, the new creation is here. Now, this also unifies us with believers around the world. We just don't quite understand this. I don't quite understand this. And I read a lot about the persecuted church in other parts of the world. There are people who, when they do this, you have to understand that they are in a militant forms of government based on religion. And there's several different religions in several different countries where this is the operation. And when they go in the water, they are representing washing off the thinking process of that form of religion. They are washing off the thinking form that their family has taught and been forced in some ways to know their entire life. And you've heard me say it before, but when they come out of the water, the people who are waiting to take their lives because of the act that they just did, the act that they did portraying that now they're identifying with Jesus, who in some of these countries, you're not allowed to say that name without horrible persecution or death. But now they are publicly saying, I'm identifying with Jesus and I'm washing off my old self and I want nothing to do with my old self. And then by the time they get to the shore, sometimes that shore is the last place they step foot here on earth. And that's not an exaggerated story. These are things that happen around the world every day. So we're not only identifying ourselves with Christ, but we are demonstrating and we're showing unity with people around the world. Since the book of Acts, we're showing, hey, I believe in Jesus and I am with this group. So again, this is living as a new creation. This is demonstrating a unity, not only with Christ, most importantly, a unity with Christ, but also a unity with other people that I'm going to live differently for the glory of God. This brings us to my next and final conclusion point. And yes, this is short because we have people to baptize tonight. Uh, So number three, this is a celebration of what God has accomplished through Jesus Christ. This is a celebration of what God has accomplished through Jesus Christ. It would be horrible and would be a disservice to baptism if we did it and we celebrated ourselves as if it was something that we did. Uh, This is also something that we do out of humility. Uh, Again, not only just remembering what other people are going through for this belief, for doing this symbolism of identifying themselves with Christ, but also this is an I identifying thing of what Christ has done. That because Christ died and brought our sins to the grave, that because Christ rose from the grave to live again, that now we can have that new creation. That it is nothing that we have done, but all because of what Christ accomplished on the cross, because God loves you so much he wanted that relationship 
with you and was willing to give his only son to be that sacrificial lamb for you and for me. Now, going back to John the Baptist, the people that John the Baptist was baptizing did not know what it is to have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, including John the Baptist. Uh, if you read Matthew chapter 11, it says that there's never been a, uh, we're going to get to this eventually, but it says that John, Jesus, speaking of John the Baptist, after John the Baptist is killed, says that there has never been a man greater born of a woman. But I tell you, even the least of the kingdom of God is greater than he. What is he talking about? Very simple. John the Baptist and the people who died before Jesus did, they didn't know what it was to have that forgiveness through Jesus Christ. They were still following the ways of the law that Jesus came to fulfill the law. So they didn't know what it was to be indwelled with the Holy Spirit as we know it. They didn't know what it was to have the, the written word of God to tell us how to live, to tell us how to bear fruit, to tell us how to live in faith. And so Jesus is saying that as John the Baptist was this, this great man who followed God sacrificially and who I know we will see in heaven, but it's because of his faith in God, whereas we now have forgiveness of sin. So similar, but different. So it is a celebration of what Jesus has accomplished for us. It is a celebration of what God did for us. We now can have forgiveness of sins because of what Jesus did for us. We now are indwelled by the Spirit of God who guides us, and we now have the written Word of God in the Spirit of God uses to guide us through life. And I want to go back to that Romans passage, Romans chapter 6. We are now free of sin. If you have never made that decision to follow Christ, if you have never made that decision to admit your sins to him, to repent of the old way that you lived and through Christ Jesus follow after him, making Jesus the forgiver of your sins and leader of your life, we pray that today is that day that you make that decision. We pray that right now that you stop and that you talk to God. Or maybe you already know God. Maybe you already have that relationship because of Jesus Christ and you believe in him. Our prayer is that if you've never been baptized, that you would obey this uh, command, if you will. As Jesus said, go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That you would be willing to identify yourself with the, the work of Jesus Christ that he did for you. That you would do this publicly as a way of saying, this is what I believe. And then for all of us, our prayer is that we live in a way that bears fruit to point people back to Jesus. Lord, I thank you so much for the opportunity that we have to baptize the people tonight. I'm so thankful that they are willing to demonstrate that they now know you, that the old is gone and the new is here, and they want to commit to following you to do a public demonstration of being thankful and celebrating the work that you have done. Lord, I pray that we would live in a way that shows you that because of the fruit that we bear only because of your Holy Spirit, that we might point people to you. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.